people get hung up in false dichotomies. They, they're told, here are your two choices. It's either this or this. Welcome to another episode of the All of Life Show. I am one of your hosts, Stuart White, along with my lovely wife, Alicia White. I thought you were going to keep going there, but you stopped at lovely. It was a little disappointing. (laughs) I know. I probably should have said lovely, beautiful, talented, incredibly gifted. Yes, please, please stop, please. (laughs) Well, guys, we are glad to be back with you. And this has been a quite a busy time. I think everybody can attest that this season of life is nuts there's you don't know what you're gonna get like if if i walked outside and somebody told me space aliens just invaded i probably wouldn't even like bat an eye i would just <laughs> cool be like oh yeah it must be tuesday you know <laughs> um it's just been crazy things in our world are nuts and everybody seems to have their opinions as to why and what's going on and uh, what did we do though in our time in uh, just recent history for us I'm sure this is not what you're talking about, but we decided not to drink any alcohol for the month of September, so we've been drinking copious amounts of LaCroix. Yep. I'm pretty sure they could convert the ocean into LaCroix, and we could still get through it. Yeah. we. I hit this point of thinking, you know what? I don't need all these extra calories, empty calories at that, and it isn't... Uh, beneficial in any way really we but i like you know wine we like wine and beer and things like that so you know and if you don't hey that's on you too um it's that's up to you but anyway that's on you yeah, guys that's on you that's your mistake <laughs> what were you referring to though when you were asking me oh uh well what was the big event that happened for us in this last week well we had two big events actually well yeah two big events we got our fifth wheel which we have been really hoping and praying for for several 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 months we got a we found a great deal from a super nice guy um in northern oregon and and so we got it delivered and we have been setting it up getting ready for our next big adventure more announcements on that coming soon but then also another big thing is that um since last episode we posted we had a foster daughter and she a month ago was reunited with her mom which is so good and she's happy and doing well we get to talk to her all the time and uh so that was about a month ago and dhs called us the other day and um, they had a five-year-old boy that needed a place to land for about a week. So we DHS do- being Department of Human Services yes. in Oregon, CPS. not Department of Homeland Security, right. in case you were wondering. <laughs> we're tight with those guys. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we've been loving up on him and investing in him and uh, doing lots of praying and praying over him and playing with him. So that's, yeah. those were, were the, did I cover the big things you wanted to talk about or were there more? Those, those were them. Uh, there, there are other things, you know, I mean, I'm sure we could throw in some things. Our daughter, our oldest is currently on a trip with uh, a friend and friend's family and she is super excited. She's been having a really good time with that. We just talked to her tonight and uh, it was a little bit tough for us because like we, we, she's gone on other little trips, but She's 10 going on 30 yeah. and uh, it's still hard. It's like, uh, you know, at least they're, she's with grownups and things, but mm-hmm. you, I don't know. It, it's just like a, you feel like you're letting something go 
Uh, Letting her spread her wings a yeah. little bit, but and and you know it's a it's a crazy time, so it's it's an opportunity for us to trust the Lord. He's in her hands. Um, I think, or she's in his hands. <laughs> Whoa, those are big we'll hands. Out, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're a little yeah. rusty, babe. Oh man, you babe, said, babe, we gonna... <laughs> what are we going to talk about today? Well, you know, I think something that this show from the start, and it's in the title, everything that we are about is that Christ is central in everything that we do, that the gospel is is at the root of the answer to everything, that Jesus is the reason. He is the answer. It's all about Jesus. And right now, because the world is on fire, basically, and politics are on fire, and literally buildings have been set on fire. Our entire our, state. Our entire state. We were, we're in Oregon, as we've mentioned, and it is it, it has been insane. Like, One day, our town reached the, the worst air quality index in the entire world. Yeah, I mean... That's braggable. We uh, weren't even on the charts. It goes from zero to 500 and we were well over 500. Right. And then it rained and it was like it never happened. It was, it was like everything just got cleared up. And I was just like thinking, isn't it cool how like God has this ability just to bring in the rain and all of this chaos that we were stuck in, all this terrible air quality not going outside for like a week yeah or if you did go outside like it really did hit a point toward the end there i was like oh i can feel it the moment i step outside i can feel my lungs start to like almost feel like they're swelling or something An immediate headache yeah immediate headaches poor sleep all of that but god just like boom hey here's some rain you know for all our efforts and all the the good things we're doing trying to fight fires and things and it's just this one thing that boom the problem in, in that moment anyway goes away but all of that to say, we believe that the gospel and the center of that gospel, Jesus Christ, informs everything in our lives or should. That the answer to our problems is Jesus. The answer to uh, the hopelessness in the world is Jesus. The answer to everything, the, the only hope we truly have comes from Jesus Christ. And right now you may be thinking, oh, we have an election coming up. At this point, it's like 44 days. And you may be on one side or the other, and you may have your reasons for being on that side. And this is not an episode of, we're going to tell you who to vote for. But what we are going to say is, not just vote your conscience, but is your conscience in line with the gospel? Is your conscience and heart in line with the heart of God? That's the big thing. Do do you believe that the positions and conclusions that you come to, whatever they may be, that you could take what Christ would have to say and say, yep, oh yeah, he would 100% support that. That is kind of where we want to tackle some things right now. And you may think, well, this is old-fashioned. The, these things, you know, that that's, that's a bygone era. We don't have to use the Bible to support things. That's unscientific. If you read scripture, if you claim to be a Christian and you read the Bible and you don't gather that it is God who made everything. It is God who made everything by the power of his word. And in Colossians, it actually says that Jesus is the one who did all of that. He is the one, he created everything and he spoke it into being and he holds everything together. If you can't reconcile those two, those thoughts, if you think that there is a separate world for my faith and then there's a separate world for my politics. And then there's a separate world or category for uh, science. And there's a separate everything, you know. 
your sex life, whatever. You think that those things are all separated from each other, mutually exclusive. You are horribly mistaken. The God who created everything, including you and your heart, he has made everything to hold together, and he has made things good. In the beginning, he created things, and he created them uh, and called them good. And we, through sin, corrupted those things. If you are outraged over certain events, if you're outraged over certain political things, if you believe that the solution is going to be voting someone else into office or passing a different bit of legislation, I'm going to tell you, there may be some good that can come from those things. However, Jesus is the only solution for those things. You can't go and actually change anyone's heart by legislating more law to them or taking uh, away more legislation and even giving greater freedom. Now, I'm not against freedom. I, I'm very much for freedom. But even in the founding of our country, uh, they said, look, it, a moral society is required in order to continue to hold these things together. If our society degrades to a point of utter chaos and immorality, the, the very uh, foundations of freedom get eroded by that. But we want to encourage you, what is it that the gospel has to say about the way our system is set up? First of all, our hope is not in this temporal world, but that doesn't mean that we don't play a part. Um, we were talking about this a little before this episode, but we want to do an episode that's about how is it, how do you uh, go about being prepared for things? Is it, is, it a, is it a sin to be prepared for things? Is it a sin to plan? Well, I think we were, we were saying what, where's that line between being prepared and borrowing tomorrow's troubles, like living in fear of right. something that could potentially happen, but also being wise and preparing right. for something to happen. And I think it comes from, we, we just heard a sermon today, but, uh, and this pastor was talking about how he and his wife, like she doesn't plan anything, but she prays and he, he does pray and, but she, he is more of the planner, but both are okay. However, it is in the preparing through prayer, hearing from God and listening and being wise and shrewd. Like Jesus talks about multiple times. He says, you know, when you see the figs and they're ripened, you know that it's time. Or you see um, the the clouds on the horizon and you can tell, oh, there's a storm coming. Those are the types of things that you need to be prepared, prepared for and discerning in. And in light of that, in with those things in mind, recognizing that our, our responsibility as Christians is still within this world. We aren't, we are to be in this world, not of this world. But that means not committing the sin and participating and uh, condoning those acts. It doesn't mean, however, like, oh, yeah, let's just go sit on a hill and let's just wait for the rapture to come. Uh, let's not have any part in anything we do. Um, we do have a role. And it, it, it's weird to me. Like, we can, we can have people, I've heard pastors and other Christians say things like, well, you know, that's that's politics. That's not that really doesn't have any part of anything that we have a responsibility for. My my role is to preach the gospel. And you're you're right. Yes it is. And as you preach the gospel, hearts are changed and the way people uh, you know, logically, you would assume, their their voting is shaped is now changed too. Because if you were voting for things that were diametrically opposed to the power of the gospel to the truth of what God says to the, what God calls sin and rebellion. And now you claim to be a Christian who's been redeemed from sin and rebellion. Why would you go about continuing to vote for sin and rebellion? Um, others might say something like, well, 
no one's good. Uh, this guy's not good or that guy's not good. Or how could you vote for, for so-and-so? They did X. You know, they are a terrible sinner. Um, newsflash, we are all sinners. We are all terrible sinners, in fact. We are all separated from God. And apart from Jesus Christ, we have no hope. Those people need hope. We need hope. We need the gospel. So what would you say to a Christian who is thinking about um, is thinking about voting and has always heard uh, or has been raised with the idea that uh, their faith does not inform their politics? And those are separate things. Yeah, I, I think it, what's strange is usually they have one or, or two other areas or whatever in their lives that they do think that their faith informs. Um, and if if they think there's no area that their faith informs, if you were to read the book of James, he, he talks about like, if you say you have faith, but you don't have anything that actually is played out by that. And he's not talking about works-based salvation. He's saying, when you are saved, you are changed. When you are changed, you act differently. You, If you continue to act in the exact same ways as you did before, how are you changed? Same goes for the transformation in our hearts and lives. And I believe that that gives us a responsibility and a part to play. If, if you saw our kid running into the street, would you say, oh, no, hey, look, it's not really my responsibility to get involved in traffic incidences? <laughs> You know, like, no, if you saw a kid, not even our kid, someone else's kid, would you go, ah, no, you know, I just don't think that God wants me to do that right now. My main thing is just to preach the gospel. No, Jesus, in fact, talks about when the Pharisees come to him and they're saying, hey, how, how is it that you're, uh, you, you claim to, to be uh, from God or whatever, but your disciples, they're harvesting grain on the Sabbath because they're going through the fields and, and shucking the, the pieces of wheat and eating it. And, you know, they were super legalistic back then, you know, religious people always are. And they always look for something where they, they take what God said and then they go, I'm going to one up him. So you weren't supposed to work. Well, if you were walking a certain distance beyond a certain point, that was work. If you were shucking pieces of wheat and eating it, you were doing work on the, the Sabbath. Well, Jesus throws it back at them and he says, let me ask you this. Is it right to do good on the Sabbath or evil? And he says, if your oxen falls into a pit, is it right to rescue it? Or is it okay to just say, ah, just let it die? It's the Sabbath after all. And his point is, no, it's right to do the good thing. And I think that's the hard part. As Christians, we, we get lost in this like weird notion that uh, politics is or, or whatever the thing is that we're involved in is good or isn't good for some abstract reason. We don't exactly have a clear thought about it. But is it right to do good or is it right to do evil? Well, I'll, I'll throw in my perspective something that I have gotten that I will admit I have has been a thought in my mind as it relates to politics has been I do have an interest in it but from a Christian perspective a lot of my train of thought has been at points in my life oh it doesn't really matter because Jesus is coming back and we're going to heaven so why try to why try to change what's happening in our culture today so what would you say to, I'm not saying that's how it, where I stand now I'm saying that is what I have thought before. So what would you say to that? Yeah, I would say that same line of logic, if you were to apply it to anything else, oh, well, he's coming back, so why do anything good? Why do anything righteous? Why stop sinning? 
you know, it's not, it doesn't really matter. Well, I'm not even saying stop sinning myself or not stop sinning myself. Like, obviously I would want to do that, but trying to change a people, a culture of people, like from my perspective, I'd be like, I want to tell people about Jesus because that's what I think will, will save things. And so I don't get involved in the political stuff because it seems like a waste of time to me. But then there are other people, Christians that I really love and admire and respect that hammer hard on their political views and and affecting change in our country and in our culture. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I think what, first of all, one of the problems is people get hung up in false dichotomies. They, they're told, here are your two choices. It's either this or this. And, the, and what usually is the case is you're given two things and either both are wrong or um, both are incorrect uh, as the two choices that you should have. So meaning there are other choices, there that are you're other not choices, but you're not even being presented with them um, or the logic that they're, they got, they used to get to those two choices is faulty. Um, I would say that ultimately it still comes down to you need to surrender your heart, your life to the word of God, to the power of the Holy Spirit, to the truth of scripture, to the supremacy of Christ, and let those that surrender inform. You need to be working from a place of surrender to Christ, working from the gospel, not outside of it, not alongside of it, not completely off and out in left field from it. And your life is Christ. You have been crucified. You know, Paul says, I've been crucified with, with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Th- th- that is a huge thing. We we have the very spirit of God available to us and hopefully dwelling within us, empowering us as new creations. Uh, I think that that plays itself out naturally. But I do agree that, yes, we are to preach the gospel, and that's going to transform lives. And just like a pastor would in a church, you are also to correct, you are to rebuke if necessary, and you are to protect the sheep from wolves. Jesus talks about that, that wolves will come in. Paul talks about that, that this is a responsibility of leaders. He didn't say, hey, one day, you know, we'll come to this more... Um, I don't know, society where we'll be so advanced, we'll be beyond that. You don't really need that. We'll, we'll, we'll be more ecumenical and, and everything's just going to be kind of like, oh, well, that's your truth. Like that's one of my, my biggest mm. <laughs> pet peeves, uh, not even a pet peeve. It's, it is a false gospel. It's a, it's a lie. When you hear people talking about, well, speak your truth, brother, speak your truth, girl. Like it's just blatant falsehood. What did you say earlier? We, we live in a society that has dug in so deeply to trying to prove that there is not one truth yet. We're completely divided right now over people fighting for their truth. Yeah. Because that everybody has that innate sense within them that there is truth and something cannot be both true and false. So if you tell somebody, hey, speak your truth, live your truth, and then they go and they do something, well, what happens when that person's truth means I like being an axe murderer or I like being a a pedophile or I like any of these things? And where do you get off being able to tell that person your truth is not actually true? Well, you've shot yourself in the foot because... Everything is relative now. There is no absolute truth. 
But what really happens is everybody then goes and they fight for their truth, living their truth. Because in order for their truth to be true, your truth can't be true. They have to destroy your truth. They're at war with you. (laughs) So all of this to say, we want to leave you with this thought. Where do you get the truth from? Not your truth. Your truth is not important. There has to be a moral law giver, an absolute law giver of truth. And if you don't know who that is, I'm going to challenge you that you are going to be easily swayed and deceived. And Jesus says this, you know, be careful that no one deceives you. Paul charges people, be careful. Wolves will come in to deceive you. And wolves doesn't, doesn't just mean people coming into the church, but I think in the church right now, there are people pushing political agendas, pushing things that, okay, well, we shouldn't have politics in the church except this thing. No, I think that you should have Christians who are involved in politics. There is uh, something to what is uh, the preserving influence of Christians within the world. You know, we are salt and light. We are to go out. We are to preserve. We are to shine. We are to point people to Jesus and do good. And that's basically it. Like, if you're going to vote, vote for the person who is going to do the best good that you can. If you can't vote because of your conscience, then fine, don't vote. If if you are voting simply because you hate the other candidate, well, I'm sorry, that's a, that's a weak position. It's not like you'd be better off just not voting, I think, sometimes in those cases. But I'm not I'm not here to say vote for this person, vote don't vote for that person, any of that. I, my mind is made up, but I don't need to persuade you in that. I'm not here to win you to a political ideal. I'm here to win you to Christ and to point you to Christ if you've been won to Christ. And I want your decision-making to be rooted in something more than just your whim. Or emotion. What you said, babe, like, where is your truth coming from? Because if you want to know how to vote, then you look at what the party stands for or the person stands for that you're voting for, and you hold that, that up against what you believe to be true. And so when we're talking about affecting change or moving forward or having a positive impact in the world that we live in, where is your tr- truth coming from? And we would challenge you that you would be holding it up to the truth of the gospel. And then always know that our hope doesn't come from that political party or that political person, whoever, whoever is becomes in office. I know I will say this. I have my opinion. I know who I'm going to vote for, but I will honor and respect whomever is elected into office because that's also in scripture is that we would obey and be subject to the authorities that are put over us as long as it, as long as they're not telling us to sin or, um, not worship God. Well, and maybe you're somebody who the current president, the current administration, you don't like you're, you feel a vitriolic, uh, disdain for, for them. Those are fancy words. Yeah, I know. I've, I've been practicing. Um, let me ask you this. When was the last time that you put into practice what scripture talks about of praying for the leaders? When was the last time that you got down on your hands and knees and said, God, I I don't like this person, but God, would you work in their heart? Would you work in their life? Would you be glorified through them? Is your aim the glory of God or is your aim the shame of that 
political uh, candidate. People are going to do things to bring shame upon themselves all the time. It speaks in scripture that it is uh, love that conceals a matter. And I'm not talking about hiding a sin. I mean, covering that person and going, yes, what you did or what you said or how how you have been, I dislike it. Or if you don't know them personally, are you still saying like, oh, they're the worst and I hate them and I hope they die in a fiery plane crash or something? No, as a Christian, that should not be anything that you say. That should be something that you fight against. You surrender that. You are taking captive those thoughts and giving them to Christ and saying, God, I can't, you know, it's in, it's the way Peter, I, I believe, but help my unbelief. I don't, I don't know how to, how to do anymore. Recognizing your reliance on God to do everything in you and through you is incredibly important. Recognizing that your hope is not set on this temporal world, but while we are here, we do the most good that we can. We love the most we can, and we point people to Jesus because our ultimate hope is Jesus Christ. And if you have been discouraged lately because you have gotten your eyes turned away from Jesus and you've gotten your eyes looking at the wind in the waves and you are overwhelmed and you are starting to panic, stop, look up, reach out, let Jesus take your hand, let him lift you up. It's very, very easy to, to fall into that. And if you find yourself feeling so down or defeated, You need to be reminded of that. And we need to be reminding each other of that, lifting each other up in the gospel, encouraging one another with with like faith, you know? So that's what's been on my heart and mind lately. And I hope that that hits for some of you and it encourages you to... Um, to just take a step back, you know, if, if the first thing you're doing in the morning, I am guilty of this. My phone will be like, it'll go off. My alarm is on my phone and I'll pick it up and it pops open news stories when I turn off my alarm and I'll start reading them. And it's like, what am I doing? I'm, I'm training my own heart and mind with whatever that latest thing is. And news is never really good. <laughs> you know, they say that that's why if you watch even the local news, like it's usually all the bad things that have happened. And then at the very end, they have like a, se- a segment to close it out on. And now here's a bunch of puppies so you don't go kill yourself because you're so depressed from everything that we just showed you. You you watch. Next time you watch the news, you're going to be like, oh, that's true. Yeah, they, they always show us a bunch of kittens or something. It's It's to keep you from being so discouraged because most of the time the news is terrible, you know, and, and depending on where you're watching and who they're talking about and whatever they are and if politics are going on, it's awful. <laughs> so fix your eyes on Jesus, the author, finisher of puppies. your faith. <laughs> yeah, he's way better than puppies. <laughs> Guys, we thank you so much for listening. We thank you for uh, just hearing us out and we hope you hear our heart in this and we hope that you find hope. We've got some updates on our personal story coming soon that are pretty exciting and fun. Um, and if you enjoy the podcast, please remember to go leave a review on um, Apple Podcasts. Yep, Apple Podcasts. I should probably know better where exactly you should leave reviews, but um, it is very helpful for us. We've read some of the reviews that you guys have left. Actually, we've read every single one of them, and they're very important to us and special to us. So thank you guys for doing that. And if you haven't, please go do that. If you want to shoot us a message, um, you can reach out on Instagram at All of Life Show, or you can send us an email at feedback at alloflifeshow.com. And you can go to our website at alloflifeshow.com. You can listen to the latest episodes. You can subscribe in your favorite podcast catcher. And uh, you can reach out to us through there as well and email us. So 
uh, yeah, do it. We, we would love to hear some feedback from you guys on uh, maybe some questions or ideas for shows or anything that you might have like that. That would be really encouraging to us too. And um, we love, love you. you guys. <laughs> God bless. Bye.